thing. I'm going to start a, a new series today, and uh, it's related actually to a series I did last fall. So, uh, called this is called emotionally healthy relationships, uh, focused on uh, discipleship that deeply changes our relationships with others. Uh, as you might remember, if you were here in the fall, we did a series on emotionally healthy discipleship. Okay, so this follows that whole focus on. Uh, growing in Christ uh, and the holistic aspect of that uh, with a particular focus on relationships with each other. I mean, ultimately, as we talked about last fall, you know, we're to love God with all of our hearts and souls and mind, but we're also to love our neighbors ourselves. So really, the evidence of our discipleship and our growth in Christ should be showing in our relationships with each other. So that, that's where we're headed here. I'm going to take you back to the, the topics that we looked at in the fall. This will be a real brief review, but maybe it'll kind of trigger some things that you thought about as we went through that last fall. We, these are the topics we talked about. Be before you do. In other words, make sure that we're really knowing the Lord and walking with Him before we're serving Him or doing things in ministry, okay? And, and follow the crucified Christ. Well, that seems kind of well, yeah, but as we talked about it then, it was the idea that we can kind of get off on maybe our own focus of, of what God wants and our own focus of, of the Christian life, but is it really the life of Jesus? Is it really the sacrificial life? Is it really the life that says, I die to me and he lives? Okay, and then receive God's gift of limits. <laughs> do, you, do you realize you have limits? Well, sometimes we act like we don't, right? And, and we try to do too much, and then we get worn out, and, and it affects our spiritual life, and then we get grumpy, and we're not nice, and all those kind of things happen. We need to have limits, and God has given us capacities that, that we can do a lot of things in His name, but we also has said to us, we need rest. <laughs> you know, and, and even He Himself rested, not because He needed it, but because he knew we do, for one thing, but also it is his proper cycle of things. <laughs> you know, you just can't keep going full blast all the time. You drive, drive an engine at, what, 7,000 RPMs forever, it's going to, you know, blow up. So, okay. All right. Discover the treasures buried in grief and loss. So many times we want to get away from grief and loss, but God has things in them for us. And uh, love is the measure of spiritual maturity. We'll be talking more about that today. Uh, breaking the power of the past, um, we'll be talking about that in relationships too, because who we are certainly is impacted by where we've come from, <laughs> you know, families and, and history and all those kind of things and past experiences, and God wants to work in those areas too. Sometimes we just want to forget about it, but maybe He wants us to learn something and go forward with what He's given us and that there is something valuable that we can learn. And then lead out of weakness and vulnerability. There's so much focus in our culture today about taking charge and, and uh, control and, and power. And, and God's way of working, His power is shown, of course, in our weakness. All right, so that was a quick review. All right, so what are we going to be talking about in this session, in these sessions? Well, here, here's the list. Today we're going to talk about using our God-given voices. And uh, you'll, you'll know what that is in a little bit. All right, but then next week we'll be uh, clarifying our expectations, becoming self-aware, each week following, listening incarnationally, living your true self, fighting cleanly. That's a good one. Yeah, we'll, we'll pause there a minute. Yeah. Clean fighting. How about that? All right. And then creating a rule of life. Okay, so uh, we'll get into it here now. Today's topic is... Using your God-given voice. 
You know, now when I read that title, I think, well, wait a minute. I have a voice, and it is God-given. I mean, I was born with this voice, right? I mean, yeah, okay, so I already got a God-given voice. Well, what I really mean by this, what we were going to talk about today, is that as new creations in Christ, we have a God-given voice that is beyond what we often just naturally live out, Okay? Um, the voice that I was born with was like everything else I was born with, and that is it's corrupted by the sin nature that has come upon us through the disobedience of Adam and Eve and throughout time. It was not what God intended, and that's why Jesus had to come, right? Jesus had to come because we need a Redeemer. We've got to get back to where God intended for us to be. You know, His intent was that we would know Him. We would walk with Him. We would be His servants. That the things that we would say, the way we would say them, would be the way He would do it. So I need a God-given voice. I can assure you that many times in my life, and even today, hopefully not during this sermon, but I use another voice besides this God-given voice that really represents what he wants. The tongue, the, the voice is powerful. You, you know, did you learn this little saying when you were a kid, you know, uh, sticks and stones can break my bones, but my words can never hurt me. Lie, 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 lie. Yeah. I mean, we should reword that, right? Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can kill me. Powerful. Words are, I mean, you probably, if you're like me, there are times where somebody might say something or something will happen and you'll think of something somebody has said to you a long time ago that was destructive and you just can't get it out of your head. It, it kind of makes you feel like, oh, I'm, man, I'm just no good or, you know, who knows what somebody said. Or it can be the other way, too, I mean, where the positive is, where it can lift you up. But most of the time, our struggle is with words that hurt, words that kill. And, and not only do we struggle from what we've heard, <laughs> but we struggle with the fact that we do it ourselves. I'm amazed that my kids have done so well with all the things that they had to hear their dad say to them throughout the years, you know. We trust God's grace. I mean, if I could go back and clean up some of that, that would be a wonderful thing. But I can't. But I can't go on. All right? we, we never want to say, oh, how terrible it was, and we're just stuck there. <laughs> All right? This is about God's in the process of transforming us. We're, we're not stuck. That's the wonder of the gospel. We have been redeemed, we have been renewed, and we're in the process by sanctification of being made new Day by day. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I'm not who I'm going to be, but I'm a lot different than I was. <laughs> That's where we're going. We're on this track. We're moving in the right direction. And so we want to get into this idea of using our God-given voice. Now, now James talks about the tongue. As a matter of fact, in James chapter 3, he says this. Verses 7 to 10. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing 
come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Yeah. I, I, I resound with that. I mean, it's like, man, alive. What comes out of this thing sometimes? We can tame all kinds of animals. We had a relative that had a skunk. Didn't make any smell in the house. Somehow they tamed that thing. I don't know. I mean, people have all kind of lizards and snakes. And some people, if they were allowed to, would have them big old things that might kill you, right? Yeah. Probably can even tame a hippopotamus. I don't know. That'll be a task. But you can't tame the tongue. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What we say and how we say it is so powerful. It's the voice that is heard and impacts the world around us, and impacts ourselves for that matter. Paul writes about talking and what kind of voice is God's voice in 1 Corinthians 13. Very familiar passage. We're just going to look at the first three verses. In the New Living Translation, it says this, if, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Jim, I should have you up here whacking on that here. Okay. Clanging cymbal, noisy gong. If, if I had the gift of prophecy and I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Well, we, we, we know that, don't we? We know that the language of God, the voice that would be appropriate that God has given us would be a voice that shows love, that is experienced by others as love, it, that comes from the depth of us that is truly a loving heart. Yeah, yeah it, it, we, we love those verses, I mean, because we yearn for them, really. We, we yearn for that situation. Those who know Christ, we know that's true. We know that, that we can do all kind of things, but what is the merit, what is the value if it's just something that we do without really God's powerful love coming through? Well, nothing, it says here. It's worthless. Wow. So that means a lot of things that I've said and done, if they're not really empowered by God's love, are worthless. Yeah. That's sobering. I don't know. When you think about coming to the end of time and standing before the Lord, and you know, Paul talks about sorting out the different things. You know, What's going to last? What's going to last? What's going to be the things that really are full of God's love, really are directed by Him, really are about what He wants? So let's talk about it when it comes to our voice. Do we sound like God? Well, you know, the reason, and one of the reasons, there's many reasons, but one of the key reasons I think that we struggle with our voice is because it has sort of been trained through time. We were born with this voice, but, but the way you speak has probably been influenced by a lot of people. And, and the key ones probably are your parents. 
right? I mean, who were the first people that heard you talk or tried to get you to talk? You know, the dad saying, say, dad, dad, the mom saying, say, mama, you know, you know, and then, uh, did you hear what they said? You ever do that with people with babies? Did you hear what they said? You can't tell a thing they're saying, you know, okay. But the the parents, I mean, they're right there, you know, it's so cool, you know, and grandparents are even worse, you know. (laughs) Okay, but, but uh, yeah, we learn from our parents. Wow, think about your parents, how they talk. Sometimes pretty good, sometimes not too good at all. And so we tend to learn, and it becomes, you know, I, I'm, I'm quite advanced in life, and, and I, I, I feel like, man, I should have some of this licked by now. But I still find myself at times responding in ways that were ingrained in me because of my background with family, tendencies that come through grandparents and great-grandparents even, and certainly my parents. And my parents were Christians. I mean, they were sincere Christians, very sincere. But did, did the voice of God always show in them? No, the tongue was there doing its crazy thing sometimes, you know. And uh, I can't imagine what some homes, I mean, I had a good home, but I can't imagine what some must be like. It's, some of you probably got some really crazy stuff that you've come from. And uh, it's no wonder <laughs> that we wrestle with this voice thing, because that stuff's there. And of course, other things too, you know, teachers. <laughs> I remember when I went to college. You know, when you go to college and your parents haven't been to college, and then you come home from college, you're suddenly the expert on everything. And they're so stupid. Those parents, you know, this is, I mean, goodness gracious. Yeah. Oh, my. Lord save us, you know. The, um, <laughs> some of you are laughing because you got kids in college. You're living with it right now, I know. But, uh, yeah, we heard this professor say this thing, you know. And, man, wow, how come people were hiding that? from me my whole life and now I've got all of the answers you know now I understand boy they're so wise you know and we realize as those who go further in life it's like wait a minute but it does influence us yeah teachers and certainly friends the Bible says that uh, don't be deceived <laughs> who you hang around with influences who you are yeah bad company corrupts good morals it says yeah, it does impact us. I, I remember when I was working, um, I was in college and I was working at a glass plant and uh, I was supplying mud and bricks to masons. Now, some of you might be masons, so I don't want to offend you too much, but I can tell you the masons I work with had language like was something else, I'm telling you. It was pretty rough stuff. And here I am, a young guy, a young Christian, and I'm trying to live my life, and all of a sudden, stuff slips out of my tongue, and oh my goodness, that environment has an impact. Yeah, you're working with different people and all that, you know, and man, something comes out of your mouth. It does influence us. So how do we get to sound like God? How do we... How do we use our God-given voice? He has given us, 
And he wants us to speak that way. We're, we're told in Ephesians 4.29, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear him. You know, I've said this before, I'll say it many times because it's so true in the scriptures, that there's no wiggle room. <laughs> you know, it never says, well, once in a while, let's talk this way and everything will be better. Doesn't say that, does it? Let everything you say be good and helpful. Wow, Lord, help me do that. Yeah. So that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. We, we want, I mean, the ultimate goal is that in our conversation, that those that we're with will be encouraged by what we say. Now, sometimes we do need to say things that are guiding and rebuking and encouraging to, to go a different direction. That's a type of encouragement, but it all needs to be motivated by love. Okay. And in Psalm 19, 14, a very familiar prayer, many times I've prayed in preaching, and you hear others before they preach, they'll pray this prayer. But it says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Again, the focus is that what comes out of our mouth will be pleasing to God. I often pray that prayer in the morning before I interact with other people. <laughs> you know, it's good to get things started on the right track. Just because you slept all night doesn't mean you're going to start out well. <laughs> you, you need the Lord to help you as you get going. Yeah, I, I, I've never been really good in the morning. Better than I used to be. When I was in high school, my mom and I had an agreement that we would not talk to each other in the morning. She would fix the egg and the toast, and I would eat it, and I'd leave. <laughs> because we tried talking, and it probably wasn't her problem. Probably was all me, but it wasn't working. Okay, yeah. Another prayer that I've heard, it's not in the Bible, but perhaps you've heard it, and I think it's a pretty good one. It says this, Lord, make my words as sweet as honey, for tomorrow I may have to eat them. <laughs> God gives us a voice for His glory. We need to use it properly. And the passage that we read here in 1 Corinthians 13 makes it clear that love is the key to speaking God's way. So, so as we grow as a disciple, our speech should show it. But I, I believe that any kind of growth needs guidance and instruction. Certainly we read these passages, we say, yeah, that's true. But what's the practical application? So today I'm going to talk about some specific ways that we can talk to each other and some guidelines. Now, um, Sometimes it kind of feels funny to do some of these things. You know, you've gotten used to speaking a certain way. And then when you try to practice some different ways to speak, you have to really work at it. Um, one of the joys that I have is, uh, is counseling couples that are getting ready to get married. Some of you here I've worked with. And uh, you're great representations of the successful work I did. <laughs> as humble as I am right now. No, no. You know, one of the amazing, and, and those that are, have been through the sessions know that this is true. We just keep coming back to the same things. And the two basic things we deal with really are related to communication. 
And the first one is that, you know, we, we need to be, as couples or in, in interaction, we need to be, now I'm going to define this word, but we need to be assertive with each other. And what we mean by that is that we find ways that are healthy to express what we really are thinking and what we really want so that the other person can get that and we can have a good, intimate relationship. But it goes along with that assertiveness is not only do I, am I able to share what I'm thinking in a way that is not offensive, but also the person that's receiving needs to do what we call active listening. And that means that I show that I'm listening to you. Now, my wife is out of town right now. She's out in Chicago with our daughter. So she's not here, and I can get away with a lot. Because the fact of the matter is, I'm an awful listener. All right, I have to really work at it. And, uh, but, but active listening is just like it sounds like. It's actively listening to what the person said. And the way it's demonstrated is that you try to repeat what you heard. So if you say to me, Pastor Glenn, I'm just really feeling kind of down today. We've had a rough week. And I say to you, you know, what I've heard you say is that this has not been an easy week for you. And it's, you're just kind of not not feeling good. Well, it kind of feels funny to say that because you're parroting what they said, but it shows that you heard. And of course, that opens the door for the other person to say, well, yeah, I am. And then give me more information or to say, no, I don't think you got what I was saying and give me clarity. So it's it's a combination of saying this is what's going on and the other person responding. So with premarital couples, we practice that. Uh, always feels kind of awkward at first, but it's good. But, but that leads to the whole thing we're going to be talking about today. And that is the fact that we can and need to work at the way we speak. Colossians 4, 6 says this, let your conversation, let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. You know, some of your translations probably say, may your conversation be full of grace and seasoned with salt. Yeah, yeah, full of grace, seasoned with salt. Grace, of course, is giving what's not deserved. So, you know, your, may your conversation be not just responding in a way like, I'm going to give them what they gave me, you know, but, but really being gracious, you know, trying to give what's not deserved for the sake of the relationship and love. And of course, seasoned with salt, salt's a preservative, and salt's also improves taste. So as we speak, we want to preserve what's good, and we also want to cause people to thirst for love, and we also want to improve the taste of the situation. So here are some suggestions of ways this can take place, some phrases that we can use that help us be gracious and attractive. And the first is to use the phrase, I appreciate you. You know, the Bible is so full of statements of giving thanks. Thankfulness being an important element in our prayer life. Thankfulness being an important element in our speech. Thankful being an important element of our thinking and our, everything that goes on. Matter of fact, Colossians 3.15, we just did that study on Colossians. Colossians 3.15 tells us that in all our relationships, always be thankful. You know, if you're a thankful person, if you're motivated by thanksgiving, if you're showing appreciation to others, you're an attractive person. Your speech is attractive. People want to be with you. (laughs) You know, you want to even be with yourself. (laughs) Sometimes that's a big deal. 
Yeah, we know it, don't we? Thankful people are so much different than people that are just griping. Enough said. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, sharing appreciation with others certainly is so productive in bringing what God wants in His body of Christ. Unity and love. Yeah, when we show appreciation for each other, it, it kind of just does that, doesn't it? We're unified. We, we feel closer to each other. We, we, we certainly feel appreciated. Everybody needs that. But, but we, we really are drawn to each other. We all can do that. It's really a simple thing. We can often think about appreciation, but not say it. So I think the encouragement is here. Say it. Send a card. Speak it somehow. Yeah. Boy, won't we, won't we really see God's voice at its best if we really intentionally are thankful for each other in our speech with each other? There's just something about that. It's so simple, but so real. I, I appreciate you. I appreciate how God's used you. I, I appreciate what I see God doing in you. I, I mean, there's so many things you can appreciate. If you can't see that, then you need to kind of pause and ask the Lord to help you. Because there's plenty there. And He will show you. Well, the second, the second word is kind of an interesting one following I appreciate. But it's, I'm puzzled. <laughs> you say, what in the world is that about? Well, in much of our conversation, um, we might not understand what somebody else is getting at, and we might not even like what we hear, and we're having a difficult time, and, and we certainly can respond in ways that increase intensity and even um, bad feelings if we come across too harshly with what we're thinking and we can make assumptions that aren't true so a good phrase is when somebody says something and you're struggling with it rather than saying i don't like that i think you're wrong um you know i'm kind of puzzled with what you mean by that simple thing isn't it what do you think when i say that do you feel judged if i say to you i, I i'm puzzled hopefully not that's what we know that's what we want to avoid that judgmental attitude. But it's more of a, I want to hear more. I, I want to find out what's going on. I, I want us to get to a place where we can understand each other. I, I'm, I'm puzzled. And you're probably saying, Pastor, I'm really puzzled. Will you please explain? <laughs> okay. Uh, hopefully you're not puzzled right now. But hopefully you get that. Okay. All right. Um, here's a couple of examples. Instead of being upset and, say, and, and not saying anything at all, <laughs> that happens sometimes. Or, or angrily saying, why didn't you return my phone call? You can say, I'm puzzled as to why you didn't return my phone call. Just adding that little phrase in there makes it different. Takes you away from the accusation to wanting to know and discuss what's going on and giving opportunity for the other person to share what's going on so you can talk about it. Rather than saying... Or instead of thinking, let's start there. Instead of thinking, no one washed the dishes last night. 
and everybody I live with is a slob, you may say, I'm puzzled as to why you left your dirty dishes in the sink last night. Moms, how about that one? Yeah, you might not be puzzled. <laughs> you might know why, and that's the problem. Okay, I got it. All right. <laughs> Again, the concept here is, and it's just a word. You might have other ways to do that. But the concept is to keep the door open, to not accuse, but rather to truly want to have good communication and love. The third phrase uses the words, I notice and I prefer. This is a way to handle complaints so that they don't discourage interaction but lead to solutions. Certainly, all relations have things we don't like. Now, you may have grown up in a family where we're all told, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Well, there are times where it's good not to say what you're thinking, all right? Sometimes people say, well, I'm thinking, I might as well say it. No, 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 no. <laughs> Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit, okay? <laughs> Let the Spirit help you there. Okay, but, 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 they, but it's not good, of course, to always be stuffing everything. Right? It's not good just to keep it inside and let it build up till eventually it comes blowing out and really hurts a lot of people. So, what do we do when we have complaints so that it continues to maintain love in the situation? And that's where these phrase, this phrase can be helpful. I notice and I prefer. And here's an example. And these are all kind of home type situations. But I notice you often leave the lights on in the house when you leave. And I prefer that you turn them off. That's kind of nice if you can say that in a nice way, right? Instead of saying, you know, you only leave those lights on. Costing me $100 a week for the electric bill. Sorry, that's kind of an extreme, I know, but, you know. Yeah, you, you get the idea. All right, all right. Or, um, I noticed our meetings start late, and I prefer that we would have started the agreed-upon time. Again, it might be a little tense at the moment, but it's a good way to kind of keep it going, and you can talk reasonably and share your concerns. Now, the fourth help is regarding new information, and it's an action that shows that we, we care enough about our relationships that we want to keep those that, we, that we're connected with up to date. You know, it's so discouraging sometimes, and hey, I deal with it at home, we deal with it in the office, all kinds of times when, you know, we know something, but we don't tell somebody else, all right? And sometimes, like at home, it gets a disaster because there's something on the calendar and we've got something else planned and there's all this conflict that takes place. Um, keeping each other up to date on new information is, is courteous, it's loving, it, it helps. And, uh, and we just need to do that in all of our relationships. You know, when people are key in certain settings and they're in the line, make sure you let them know if something changes. Not, not a phrase to use on this, except, you know, I, I want you to know that something's come up and, uh, and you need to uh, be aware of that so we can work on this together. Now, the uh, fifth phrase opens the door to deeper relationships and shares things that reveal who we are. 
And uh, these are phrases that include the words, I hope or I wish. Certainly hopes and wishes are windows into our unique souls and they reveal who we are. Our relationships become richer as we support and listen to each other's hopes and dreams. And so in good relationships and loving, caring words, we can say, like at home, I hope we can get away for vacation this year. That opens the door, doesn't it? Let's talk about it. Yeah, I want to go here, I want to go there, we plan on it, we work on it. That can be true here in the church. I, I would hope that, that we can have a special ministry coming up. All right, that opens the door. I hope to get a master's degree someday. All those kind of things we can share in that phrasing. And I wish that this was happening, or I, I hope for these things. Again, phrases and words that help to show love and understanding. Now, on the other side, there are some words to avoid. You probably already know what they are, but I got four today, all right? There's probably others, but these are the big four, the big four. And the first one is why. Now you say, what in the world? Why? Well, you think about it. If somebody comes right at you and says why, it's sort of accusatory, right? And it creates great defensiveness. Why did you do that? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, why? The second one is uh, you. Now, that's just a nice pronoun, <laughs> but the word you, again, can be sort of an attack mood, right? Yeah, you, it's putting all the blame, it's a kind of a blame word, really. You know, the, the why, the, the why is accusation, the, the you communicates blame, and, and conversation goes so much better if we don't attack with you, but use I and own our own feelings and thoughts in the conversation instead of putting the attack on the other person. So what are the other two? They're related. Always and never. Now, if you really want to stir things up, you can put those together, right? Why do you always or why do you never that's like nuclear warfare <laughs> now i'm sure none of you have ever done that ha 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 that's why you're all giggling and laughing i know yeah we've been down that road okay yeah and it's not good and and, and you know hey dear friends the great news as believers is that we are forgiven in christ and we have hope in Him. And the good news is believers that when we mess up with each other, we can forgive each other and we can help each other going. So it's not like we're going to do all this perfect. That's not what I'm talking about today. And we're not really kind of getting into the whole issue of when there has been difficulty, how we deal with that. We can talk about that another time. But there are prescriptions and principles in Scripture for that, of course. That if, some, you know, if we have a harmed relationship that we need to go and use the right words so that we can work that out and find forgiveness and healing. But isn't it great to try, with the Lord's help, to preclude getting to that destructive moment where we have to go back and fix stuff that we messed up with the tongue that's out of control? I believe that God gives us those principles of communication his desires for that, and certainly empowers us by the Holy Spirit to be able to do it. Because what are the fruit of the Spirit? Certainly it isn't aggravation and accusation and 
you know, misunderstanding, but it, it's love and joy and peace and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. I think I got them all. Did I miss one? Long-suffering. Well, that's faithfulness. I'm sorry. Different translations. Okay. As long as you know what it is. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. I mean, we know where, that, where we're to be going. These thoughts today, I mean, are just some suggestions to help us be there. You know, it's easy sometimes to, to know the, the glorious thoughts about those ingredients, but sometimes we just need to get practical with each other and say, okay, Lord, help me. Help me to use the right words. Help me to not be one who aggravates and accuses. Help me to be one that builds others up. Help me to be one that when we go away from a conversation, people feel encouraged. Help me to be one that has all of my conversation full of grace, right? And encouragement and tastes good, seasoned with salt. Yeah. And if I don't, Lord, and if that's not what I'm doing, help me to work on that and and dear friends, we need to have loving relationships with each other that we can help each other sometimes too. I've had people in my life speak into my life, and it wasn't fun at, work at first. But I knew that those people really cared about me and loved me enough that what they were saying was not to try to discourage me and cause me harm, but to help me get over some stuff that was causing harm. And God uses us with each other, but it has to be through relationships. You can't just go up to somebody you've just met for the first time and start letting them have it. That is disastrous. God's relational. We're relational because we're made in His image. And we need to build relationships. And the key to it is conversation, the way we talk. And so, Lord, help us. Help us to use our God-given voice. Isn't it encouraging to know that God will help you, that He's given you a voice? You don't have to stay where you've been. Yeah, we can recognize that our parents and our teachers have influenced us, but we don't have to stay there. That's the good news. He is redeeming us all the time. So let's ask the Lord, to make us aware. Let, let's practice. It might feel awkward for you to say, I'm puzzled this week, okay? But, but try it. Matter of fact, you can even say, you know, I heard the pastor say this week, these are some good phrases. I like to practice, okay? I mean, that's not a bad idea, really. Kind of sets the, the norm and the, the calm in the situation instead of it just being some shocking thing that you said, okay? Let's work on it. And maybe you'll find some things the Lord gives you that have been helpful in the phrasing that you use that you can share with others too. We're in this together. God's at work. And as we speak with His voice, we'll be amazed at all the ways that He continues to work. To show His love. To bring change in our lives. To, to help us be the true disciples of Jesus Christ. That we so desperately know in our hearts we want to be as he's redeemed us <laughs> we're his and we want to glorify him this is a key factor in it all let's pray lord jesus thank you thank you for your loving words
When we think of your words on the cross, wow. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. We think of the times when you were accused and, and you never even opened your mouth. Think how you spoke to those who were caught in sin and said, neither do I condemn you. Jesus, you are love. And your love has attracted us. Your love has changed us through faith in you. Your love is continually working in our hearts and lives by your Spirit. May our words be evidences of your love. Forgive us where we've allowed ourselves to just kind of do things that just happen rather than take responsibility and use that which you've given. Help us to use our God-given voice today and every day for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.